the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. 4th, 2022. I am Seth Liebson. Our phone number, if you'd like to join the conversation, is 602-508-0960. That's 602-5080-960. I'll do my monologue in the third hour. We're going to have some... No, I'll do it in the second hour because we have Hugh Holman in the third hour. Monologue at the top of the second hour. Uh, Hugh Holman in the second hour and... um, I did everything wrong there. Uh, let me give you the stage direction again. I gave you the right phone number, 602-508-0960. Hugh Hallman will be with us in the third hour. I will give my monologue in the second hour. We will also check in with former director of immigration, uh, Tom Homan, and we'll get a update on the getaways, which I don't know if you know about, but almost a million illegals who have gotten away, uh, who have... Uh, we have no idea where they are in this country. They eluded uh, any kind of capture and any kind of identification. Tom Homan will educate us on that more in the um, second hour as well. So you don't want to miss any of this. And uh, I guess I was thinking, too, about maybe giving advice, piece of advice a day. People ask me, how do you do your radio show? And all kinds of questions when I run into them. I'll give you a piece of advice. One thing not to do is let your earphones drop into your cup of coffee. That's a good lesson. I'll I'll teach by negative example. Anyway, a lot to cover today. This Herschel Walker story, uh, folks, are you familiar with it in the Senate race in Georgia? Uh, I don't know if this has the potential to derail his campaign or not. Um, Let me me just, uh, nothing formal, I was just thinking about it. If you don't know the story, basically there is an allegation that seems to have some substantiation to it in documentation, at least from one news organization, that while he is campaigning as a pro-life candidate in uh, the Georgia Senate race, Republican as the Republican nominee in the Georgia Senate race, uh, this story um, states that he actually paid for an abortion uh, uh, with someone he had a relationship with back in 2009. Now, he has denied it wholesale. Uh, He has denied the story in the strongest terms. And uh, if his denial is true, and, uh, you know, I'm inclined to believe Herschel Walker over a left-wing press, uh, nonetheless, the story does seem to be picking up credibility here and there. Uh, I'm inclined to believe him. But if he is um, proven not to be Right. If he is proven to have paid for this abortion in 2009, does it disqualify him and or should it? Uh, If if he didn't want it to disqualify him, assuming arguendo for the moment that it is true, then the strategy I would have recommended would not have been to deny it, which makes me think perhaps it isn't true. But. The strategy would have been to say, well, this was 13 years ago, and the truth of the matter is that I think most people in the pro-life community, certainly in the pro-life leadership community, are not only people who once supported abortions, but who actually had themselves 
abortions. That's true of a lot of the pro-life groups, not all, but a lot of them. A lot of people changed their position on this issue over time. And then I would end with one of my favorite quotes of all time, which I think is a quote maybe we'd all do a little better to absorb more, starting with myself, uh, which is from Oscar Wilde, which is that every saint has a past just as every sinner has a future. And you can always say God isn't done with me yet if you are a man of God, which Herschel Walker holds himself out to be, and I have no reason to question. Um, so, I, you know, that's one of the things that makes me think the story doesn't have merit is that he is denying it wholesale, even though there seem to be some receipts, literally. Uh, he is denying it wholesale because I just don't think if it were true, you would need to uh, dissimulate about it. I think you just say, very simply, this was 13 years ago. I've evolved. I, I think you could say if it were five years ago. I think you could say it for three years ago. Um, the pro-life community uh, in this country uh, has rallied behind any number of people who have changed their minds over the years, including over the most pro-life president. And that therein is an example. Uh, the two most pro-life presidents, perhaps Ronald Reagan and Donald Trump, the two most pro-life presidents, have, um, shall we say, at the best, sketchy pasts when it came to abortion. Ronald Reagan in California, as governor, signed an abortion legalization bill, which he later said he came to regret, and he was embraced. And he was the most, until Donald Trump, pro-life president in the United States, even wrote a book on it. I love that point, by the way. People who think Ronald Reagan didn't involve himself in social issues go back and look at the 1980 campaign. Not only his speaking about evil, not only his speaking about uh, race-based preferences, affirmative action in the parlance of that time, uh, but as a sitting president, as far as I know, the only sitting president to have written a book while in office, he did. It was called uh, Abortion in the Conscience of a Nation. He wrote a book, a pro-life tract as president of the United States. Um, and had, and it's a beautiful little thing you can read. Um, it's available online if you want to. Very uh, Lincolnian and the notion of uh, of you know what 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 the right to life should mean and meant to him. But we embraced him and Donald Trump, of course, who's passed on abortion has been uh, sketchy as well. Uh, became the most pro-life president. You could say that. You could say yes. Um, you know, I have the zeal of a convert, uh, and I saw, saw the error of my ways. If 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 the allegations are borne out, so the question will be then, uh, regardless of whether the allegations are borne out or whether they are borne out to be false, which would be even better. Um, then will this, um, if if they aren't borne out to be false, will this affect the Herschel Walker campaign? I think Americans are willing to forgive. I also think there's another interesting philosophical point about all of this. Uh, this isn't where I plan to start. I plan to start with Joe Biden and uh, his promise to run for re-election. So we'll get to that. I'm just thinking out loud with you. There's another thing here about hypocrisy. Uh, close listeners to this show will know I haven't had a lot of patience for using the word hypocrisy much uh, when I talk about what the other party does or what the other positions do in uh, in their allegations against us when, you know, they have a moat in their own eye and they're talking about the speck in ours. Hypocrisy doesn't seem to me to motivate people that much, and I don't think it's worth that much. And the reason I don't think it's worth that much is the question is, 
regardless of anything in Herschel Walker's life, regardless of anything in it, anything, the question is, is what he is saying true? Is what he is saying true in and of itself, irrespective of his personal life, irrespective of his life? Is it true? Does life begin at whatever point he claims to say it begins? If he says it begins at conception, is that is that true? That should be the discussion, not his personal character as applicable to public policy. Dennis Prager goes into this a lot, and he was talking about it in his debate with the Young Turks a little bit, too, when they were trying to challenge him on his beliefs in the um, greatness of Donald Trump's presidency. And yet, you know, what kind of a, 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 a checkered past or even checkered present, I don't care, Donald Trump had. And Dennis Prager said, well, you got the wrong guest because I've never believed that the character of our public leadership matters. What I believe in and what I believe matters is the public policy they produce for the American people. What 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 policies and what actions? Words don't mean um, words and character don't mean a lot. The actions do. To wit, and I think it's one of the greatest examples to this day. You can elect a saint, but you can have hell on earth. There probably was no more saintly, at least in the traditional sense of that word, no more character. Uh, no more morally upright character in the White House than one Jim, Jimmy Carter, one James Earl Carter, who was asked in 1976 if he was born again when he was campaigning in New Hampshire. It's the year of the evangelical. Someone threw a thrust, a copy of Chuck Colson's book, Born Again, into his into his sight and said, are you born again? He said, I am. And that made a big difference in getting a lot of evangelical support uh, for Jimmy Carter. Believe it or not, the what became uh, Jerry Falwell's moral majority in four years in the 1980 race, that was a community that was supporting Jimmy Carter in 1976. Personally, morally, the most upright president to probably sit in the Oval Office. And yet probably until this one, one of the worst presidents to sit in the Oval Office. I think these are the considerations we need to make and measure. Anyway, 602-5089-60. Love your thoughts on it as well. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. If you're worried about stock market volatility, you might want to look at an investment in a portfolio with a strong fixed rate of return and no correlation to the stock market. If you are looking for a remarkable investment opportunity, check out my friends at Y-Refi. Great show sponsors, great people. They're offering a tremendous investment uh, opportunity, all in a secure and collateralized portfolio with an up to 10.25% return for investors. And the investment can be in an IRA and a trust just as much as it can be a joint investment or an individual investor. Y-Refi is a due diligence approved firm. It's made up of really great guys. I know them well, and they do really well by doing good for others. And you can be a part of that. Check them out at investyrefi.com. The word invest, the letter Y, R-E-F-Y.com. Or give them a call at 855 855- 316-3087. 855-316-3087. You'll never get a sales pitch from them. They'll just tell you what it is that they do and let it speak for itself. Tina's in Star Valley. Hi, Tina. Hi, Seth. Thanks for taking my call. How are you, sister? I, 
I am well, my brother. How are you? I am fine, thank you. Except my, <laughs> did I tell you what I did? Uh, did you pick up what I did? I, right before the show started, I, I put my head, earphones. I, I have little earbuds, you know, not the big cans that you think of with a lot of people. I have little, and they, you know, they fall into coffee a lot. <laughs> not, not oh, good. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Uh, well, so you have new earbuds now. I would. Well, you yeah, know, we're just kind of <laughs> plodding along here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Planned up, op- planned obsolescence. Right? I, I, yes, I have caffeinated ears. Is what I have. <laughs> um, I, I really, it really caught my attention what you're talking about with the Herschel wa- yeah. Walker possible issue. Yeah. Issue, yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that we Christians are so focused on is forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and uh, there are, you said, like there are in the pro-life movement, many people who um, have been pro-choice. Uh, if I'm one of them, back in the... When I was in know, D.C., 60s, I have 70s. to tell you, this was 10, 11, 12 years ago. When I was in D.C., the top three leaders of the pro-life mo- movement in D.C. all had themselves had gone through that procedure at one point in their right. life. Yeah. Right. Yes, and I know many of them, um, you know, up here. I, uh, I'm i involved in a, a charity fundraising right now for New Beginnings up here in Payson. Ah, mm-hmm. um, but I wanted to, to make uh, – I'm sure you've seen the movie Beckett with Peter O'Toole and Robert uh, Richard Burton. A uh, Man for All Seasons? Or is that different? Uh, no. That's that, different. That's different. Yeah. That's uh, – yeah. It's about the same yeah, guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. More. Go ahead. But 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 Beckett, what a what an amazing movie it is! I'll be watching Richard it Burton tonight. Thank Peter you. Peter O'Toole. <laughs> okay, you will. I I I will watch it periodically just to remind myself of how important these things are. That yes, there is grace when you change your mind. Yeah. And uh, Sir Thomas Beckett, um, you know, he was a, a rouster and a and a, a horror and all that stuff with King. And then he got into being archbishop, Mm -hmm. and lo and behold, he wouldn't do the king's bidding and, you know, ended up uh, getting murdered. And, um, you know, it's really important that he stood up for what he changed when he changed his mind, and he stood up for it unto death. Mm. Mm. And that, you know, that's something that I think the other side doesn't understand. Right. Because they are not believers, they are not forgivers. Ah. And... Right? I need to write that one down. <laughs> Bill, we got that? That's a great <laughs> Tina-ism. Because they are not believers, they are not forgivers. I love that. No, they're, they, they, are, they hold grudges forever. Mm-hmm. And all of the people whom I've known who are you know, leaning towards socialism, leaning towards you know, one world government, yada, yada, they all are these, these very um, grumpy, uh, churlish, yep. non-forgivers. Mm-hmm. And they want to hold it over you forever. You know, you did this 10 years ago. Well, yes, I did. And I've asked for forgiveness. And I believe that, you know, I've been forgiven by God. uh, But you obviously won't forgive me Mm -hmm. and will never forgive me as long as you take that position. Mm -hmm. So I think that's important to to call them out on. So I agree. And I love that phrase. And I did write it down because they are not believers. They are (laughs) not forgivers. I will be using that. Uh, much liberally. <laughs> it's the only liberal thing I'll do is use that. <laughs> <Literally. word liberally>. <laughs> um, <laughs> Tina, on the story itself, had you heard the story? Had Did you know of it before I was talking about it? I did not. I was shocked and, and you know, and, uh, I mean, I'm sad because I like Herschel Walker yeah. a lot and I'm yeah. really hoping for him. Right. And I agree with you. If it is true, 
um, he would be fine with I, people like me. I think he'd lose saying, zero votes uh, if it were true and he admitted to it and said, yes, like many people. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I, I yeah. think he'd lose zero votes. Honest to God, I think he'd lose zero votes. If it is true and he admitted to it and said he had asked God's forgiveness or whatever and that he had changed his mind like so many, I think he'd lose zero votes. I, I think he would, too. And, of course, the left would say, oh, you ask God's forgiveness. Right. You know, that's, that's, a, that's a weasel way out. Sure. Um, but they don't do it. They no. don't understand. And they are the worst offenders because they don't forgive. Yeah. Yeah. Forgiveness is important. It's, it's, it's really one of the forgotten virtues. Um, it, it's certainly, though, ripe excuse me, rife throughout the Bible. It really is. And, you know, uh, love, of course, embodies forgiveness. And I just, I have to tell you, um, unforgiving people tend to regret it later in life. They tend to regret their rigidity later in life. That's been the experience I've seen with a lot, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of people a generation or so ahead of me who, you know, they look back and some of their advice is, um, you know, when they look back on their lives, some of their advice is often going to be be more forgiving, be less rigid, be more forgiving. I think about that a lot. I I agree with you. I I have a, a, a pretty poignant personal experience of my father going to his death unforgiving. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a great sadness around sure. us uh, with the whole family and, the, you know, the people who were enabling him and passing on were not forgiving either. But, it, you know, it, it was very sad for me to see that with him because he became more bitter the closer to death he, he came. And he died at 99. So there was like a period of about four or five years right before that were very dark. And I, I you're right. I mean, unless you forgive, um, the people who do regret it, I think that's that's a great weight off their soul. Well, I got to tell you too, Tina. Uh, for those who are interested or know something a little bit about addiction and recovery and twelve-step programs, uh, forgiveness is a huge part of it. It is a huge part of making yourself whole again, asking forgiveness and giving forgiveness. Right? Yes, and I I am also very actively involved. In the uh, recovery process, oh, okay, great. Uh, both pers- great. both both personally and with with friends. Yeah, it doesn't and exist I, without um, forgiveness, I, does it? No, and forgiving oneself yeah, exactly. is the biggie. Yeah. Because when I talk to my fellow recoverers, um, we you know we talk about how you know I, I slipped into guilt this morning. Yeah. Oh my gosh, and yeah. it felt horrible. Yeah. And I have to I have to work on getting back up to that. It's, it feels like a precarious place, but it's a very sound place once you realize where you're supposed to be. I can't improve on anything you said, Tina. I just can't. Bless you, <laughs> Thank sister. You. Godspeed. Thank, Thank you. You betcha. Go I'm Seth Liebson. Thank you, Tina, very much. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. That is one great voice in Eric Clapton. Here is another great voice in John Dombrowski from a great Grand Canyon Planning Associates. GrandCanyonPlanning.com is his website. He is the founder and president of Grand Canyon Planning Associates and also the host of a radio show right here every Saturday morning at 7 a.m., The Word on Wealth. John, happy Tuesday. How are you? Same to you, Seth. How's it going? I'm doing just fine. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh, some comments from one of the Fed governors on inflation, but before, mm-hmm. uh, kind of the kind of story that it, it's yes, it's about the economy, but it's about a lot more than that. 
and it's right. Twitter. Twitter okay. shares <laughs> surged 22% after Elon Musk revives deal to buy company at original price. I don't know if he's playing with us or not, but what do you take from this, John? Well, I mean, it seems like he's going to be moving forward. Yeah. You know, and I think the uh, they haven't gotten really uh, um, the hearing you know, finished yet yeah. from the court case that they're battling, but yeah. maybe he feels at this point that he's not going to be able to... Um, you know, get get anything to change from his original offer, and uh, that was going to be without any type of uh, real due diligence. He said, "I'm going to buy you for this price, fifty four twenty, and uh, so here we are, fifty four twenty. The stock was trading down in the in the low forties, and it got a tremendous boost today on that that news. And if that is the case, they even halted the shares from trading because they were uncertain as to really what was happening. Right. They didn't want there to be some you know unusual. Um, you know, amount of trading in in the stock. So um, we're going to see. And it could happen as early as this week, you know, Friday or even next week. So we're going to see what happens. Yeah, it's it's fascinating, uh, you know, some of these E.F. Hutton things, you know, Uh, when one person (laughs) speaks, how much that crank, um, how powerful that crank or lever can be to the rest of the economy or the rest of the market. Uh, Elon Musk, I suppose, is one of those. Warren Buffett, uh, a few others, Jamie Dimon. We talk about them a lot here. Jeff Bezos, am I yep. missing any big ones? I'm sure I am. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's there's a few, but you're right. Those you put are the, that in those categories. You know, Zuckerberg, I think yeah, there's less sure. there's less people that probably pay attention to him. However, he's a you know, billionaire. Yeah, 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 I mean, yeah. He knows how to make a buck. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, it's, yeah. you know, yeah. doesn't, doesn't you know, suck to be him, I guess. Yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> the question is, why do they have to make it look like it sucks to be them? Uh, That's what I've never understood, you know, yeah. between him and Jack Dorsey. My yeah. gosh, you look like patients who need balance of nature or something. Anyway. You know, you don't hear much about this about Elon Musk, yeah. though, even with the uh, hurricane that just happened right. down in Florida. Right. He's on it, and he's right. Been, you know, helping uh, down there with yep. anything he can do, yep. whether it's money, whether it's his technology, you know, and his resources. You got to give it to the guy. He is really for the people, and he he puts his money where his mouth is. You know, it's an interesting thing the the, the targeting of these captains of industry and finance. Anyone who went uh, to elementary school. Uh, knows that there was the era of the robber barons, right? Mm-hmm. And then no one stops to ask and say, who did they actually and what did they actually rob? And, right. oh, isn't that, um, now that I've graduated and I'm in college, isn't that building named after one of them? How did that happen? <laughs> you know, they put their money into things that yeah. educate us yeah. to learn bad things about them, I guess. Oh, gosh. <laughs> anyway. Hey, real quick, yeah. Seth, I do want to mention that today was a pretty historic day. Yeah. Uh, the markets rallied. It was a really strong rally today. We haven't seen something like this since uh, the year 2000 and we have seen two really solid days of uh, you know positive movement for the markets and we haven't seen that in a while and it's 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 certainly uh, you know I think gives people a little bit of hope here and you know hopefully we're gonna you know take this uh, you know not necessarily with a grain of salt because we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow or next week uh, but we did, we're starting to see some some movement in the markets that give us an indication that it's possible that we may start to be formulating a bottom here. Okay. And it 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 really you and I talked about this last week yep. and then even yesterday yep. that that we believe that the market was oversold. Yep. And that we may start to see some positive movement. And we did see that. Whether that's going to continue on or not, I don't know. But it's a very positive. You know, sign to see that over the last. I'm reading a, a quick uh, article here that that popped up on CNBC, talking about um, 
it says that there's three trading days where over 97% of the S&P stocks were up for the third time in five trading days, and that hasn't happened for 20-plus years. So these are positive things that are happening. Again, don't know if that's going to hold water or not, but at least uh, there is some signs of uh, life out there for stocks. Thank you, John. Another thought I wanted to run by you or get your thought on this uh, this new Fed Reserve Governor, Philip Jefferson. I don't mm-hmm. know if you saw he made some remarks. He just took office in May, but he made some of his first most public remarks. And he said he's remaining – I'm quoting from the Wall Street Journal. He remains concerned that higher prices could change consumer expectations around inflation – in a way that makes further price increases self-fulfilling. Is he saying or is the concern here that we're getting used to inflation, thus we're going to maybe even see more of it because we're slowly like the frog in the water, the boiling kind of, water? It, it is that could what very well. Could, it's like gas prices at $5. Yeah. Oh, that was horrible. But, right. oh, they're only four. Right, right, right. It's that. It's that. <laughs> right. Yes, it's yes, that yes. type of a thing. We start uh, to get used to that. They were two, but we got – but four was a relief. Yes, four because is better went, than five. it went to five. I gotcha. Okay, okay. That's, that's what he's saying. That's that's Basically, the concern, yes. the self-fulfilling prophecy of getting used to decadence, or in this case, getting used to inflation. Okay, yes, good. We'll keep our eyes on. Hey, John, thank you very yep. much. Securities and advisory services, offered to Client One Securities LLC, a member of Fernand Sipic and Investment Advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Client One Securities LLC, and not affiliated. Thank you, Seth. Bless you, John. Bye-bye. Thank you, sir. We'll talk soon. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. Be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show, portions of which are brought to you by Midas Gold Group, the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group. Gold has been used as money for nearly 3,000 years, and it's still a common-sense investment that's simple and straightforward. You don't need pushy commission salespeople to tell you why you should buy gold. You probably already want it. What you need is a reputable dealer with advice based on experience and a complete range of options and bullion and coins so you get what you want at the best value. That's why I like Midas Gold Group so much. No pushy commission salespeople, just good folks, veteran-to-owned supporters of our right to communicate the ideas we communicate. One of the reasons Midas Gold Group is the only precious metals dealer that Seb Gorka and I and thousands of you already trust. If you're interested in adding gold or other precious metals to your portfolio, check them out at MidasGoldGroup.com. MidasGoldGroup.com or give them a call at 480 480- Three six zero three thousand four eight zero three six zero three thousand. We were talking about the uh, Herschel Walker candidacy uh, for the U.S. Senate a few segments back. These Senate races, man, they're so important, including our man Blake here in Phoenix in Arizona. Uh, but what about the other one? What about the real elephant in the room? Byron York writes: Joe Biden, the eighty-two-year-old candidate. That's a new report from NBC News that President Joe Biden has told a confidant, the Reverend Al Sharpton, that make you feel good that he's a confidant of Joe Biden's, that he will run for re-election in 2024. It's not terribly well sourced attributing the information to an official of Sharpton's National Action Network, told NBC what Sharpton had told him. In any event, the story said Biden told Sharpton as the two posed for pictures after a White House meeting with civil rights leaders on September 2nd, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to run. According to the NBC report, Biden told Sharpton that he, Sharpton, was among the first people Biden told when Biden decided to run for president in 2020. Then he told Sharpton he was going to do it again. Why is Sharpton such a close confidant of Joe Biden's? 
does he use Sharpton and need Sharpton to get him out of his racial uh, his racial verbal slips or his maybe they're not slips his racial verbal insensitivities his insensitive racial insens- his insensitive racial statements maybe maybe if so it says something about Sharpton doesn't it in any in any event a couple of weeks later in an interview with CBS's 60 minutes the president's first one-on-one interview with a news organization in months Joe Biden would not say that he was running again quote look if I were to use, say to you, I'm running again, a whole range of things come into play that I have requirements I have to change and move and do. That's, of course, slightly garbled. But what Biden apparently meant was that a declaration of his candidacy would mean that Biden would have to obey a number of election laws with the requirements for fundraising disclosures that kick in once a candidate has declared, to which I would say, why start now? Why start now abiding by the law in any event? Um, Biden said on 60 Minutes, it's much too early to make that kind of a decision. I'm a great respecter of fate. And so what I'm going to do is my job. I'm going to do the job. And within the time frame that makes sense after this election cycle here going into next year, make a judgment on what to do. All of this is a game, isn't it, folks? And we all know it's a game. We all know it's a game. And it's a bad one at that. And it's fooling nobody, is it? Is it fooling anyone at this point? It, it isn't. It's I mean, even when he said yesterday, was it yesterday or the day before yesterday? Yesterday, I guess it was that he grew up with such a large Puerto Rican population in Delaware that he considers uh, himself having been influenced by the Puerto Rican culture. They weren't even one percent of Delaware when he was first elected to the Senate, much less growing up. The list of lies um, he tells, uh, I don't know if he believes them. Or if he just wants us to believe them. But they're uncredible. They are not actually believable. Uh, he used to drive an 18-wheeler. Anyone believe that? He got a start at a historically black college in Delaware. Anyone believe that? He was arrested in South Africa. That's been disproven again and again and again. As Ari Fleischer says, I can't wait for his speech to NASA when he talks about his days as an astronaut. Uh, we, we we just keep going down this. Does anyone remember? The emperor took off his clothes and the rogues pretended to put on first one garment and then another of the new ones they had pretended to make. They pretended to fasten something around his waist and to tie it onto something. This, they said, was the train. And the emperor turned around and around before the mirror. How well his majesty looks in the new clothes. How becoming they are, cried all the courtiers in turn. What a splendid costume. The canopy that is to be carried over your majesty in the procession is waiting outside, said the master of ceremonies. Well, I am ready, said the emperor Joe Biden. Don't the clothes look well? And he turned around and around before the mirror to appear as if he were admiring his new costume. The chamberlains who were to stooped and put their hands near the floor as if they were lifting it. Then they pretended to be holding something in the air. They would not let it be noticed. They could see and feel nothing. So the emperor went along in the procession under the splendid canopy, and everyone in the streets said, How beautiful the emperor's new clothes are! What a splendid train! And how well they fit! No one wanted to let it appear that he could see nothing, for that would prove him not fit for his post. None of the emperor's clothes had been so great a success before. And then came a little child who shouted, But he has nothing on. He's naked. Just listen to the innocent said its father, and one person whispered to another what the child had said. He has nothing on. 
A child says he has nothing on. And he has nothing on, then cried the people. The emperor was startled by this, for he had a suspicion that they were right, but he thought, I must face this out to the end and go on with the procession. So he held himself more stiffly than, than ever, and the chamberlains held up the train that was not there at all. You get the sense that Joe Biden is saying, I must face this out to the end and go on with the procession, all the while knowing as his wife and family and administration and the rest of the American people, and more importantly, the rest of the people around the world know, in fact, he has nothing on. It's a sad day when the real news and the real headline can be written by Hans Christian Andersen. I'm Seth Leibson. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, portions of which are brought to you by Cool Touch Air Conditioning, Heating, and Plumbing, the only company I use, the only company my friends use, and they all think of it the same way I do. Great customer service, great actual service. If you need air conditioning, heating, or plumbing repairs, inspections, installations, you name it, they're there for you 24-7. Chris Funk and his fantastic team. It is a great team, and you'll know at the moment you call them, if you need them, 623-748-4942, 623-748-4942. What's that great line of Chris Funk's? I found it's easier to uh, teach a, uh, a a good man to be a good technician than it is to teach a good technician to be a good man. Good for you, Chris. Cool Touch Air Conditioning, Heating, and Plumbing. Visit them online as well at cooltouch.us, Touch. U.S. Tina is the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, she, uh, and I mean that in a non-sarcastic sense, usually we say that sarcastically, don't we? I was just mentioning how Al Sharpton is a confidant of Joe Biden's. I didn't know that. I mean, I assumed they did things together. The story out of NBC that he is a confidant of Joe Biden's, I did not know. And um, Tina had a great point. Uh, she goes, the only reason he has anything to do with Joe Biden is because of the puppet masters in the Biden administration, uh, Susan Rice, Valerie Jarrett, and uh, Barack Obama, who are confidence and well-known confidence of Al Sharpton. And why wouldn't uh, the confidence of them uh, be close to the president of the United States, who's just kind of their vacuous puppet while they uh, hold the marionette strings? Well, well, well put, uh, well put, Tina. Thank you for that. Um, the other, the other inter, in, interesting race we've, we've mentioned Blake. We mentioned the Herschel Walker race. Is uh, is the uh, John Fetterman uh, uh, Mehmet Oz race in Phil in uh, in uh, Philadelphia in uh, Pennsylvania? Uh, the latest news out of that, boy, these center races. I, I think we're going to win them all. I do, um, but we have to, and we have to get to work on it. John Fetterman doesn't even want, he said, votes from people who support Trump. Doesn't even want them. Doesn't even want them. So you understand he's not going to be a senator for all the people. Doesn't even want to be a senator for all the people. Um, when all these lectures from these highfalutin speech speeches that we get from Barack Obama and Joe Biden about there isn't a red America and there isn't a blue America and I am the president and I want to represent all the people. Um, you know, it's so much nonsense when the guard is down. When the guard is down, you know what they really want. They want us gone. They want us gone. That's what they really want. 
lot more coming up, as promised, a lot more. I'll have my monologue in just a few moments. Tom Homan, former director of Immigration Customs uh, under Donald Trump, and, of course, the great Hugh Hallman. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 